Good day. This is the Joy of the Lord podcast with Brother Bob, Deacon Downs. And I've been away for a while, out of action, tending to other things. But I'm back to lead us in a wonderful time, rejoicing in all God has done for us. Each and every day we will enter into his presence with thanksgiving, singing songs of praise. (laughs) And uh, speaking of songs of praise, one of the scriptural passages we'll be looking at today will be Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2. And there's a popular praise song you've probably heard that kind of paraphrases this scripture. It goes as follows. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after you. You, my Lord, are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. You, O Lord, are my strength, my shield. To you, O Lord, may my spirit yield. You, O Lord, are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. Oh, hallelujah. Let us just look together at Psalm 42, uh, verses 1 and 2, which reads as follows. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O Lord. My soul thirsts for you, the living God when I shall come and appear before you. And of course, Isaiah 26 uh, uh, reinforces this very concept. If we, if we read this uh, together, let us speak. Let the word of God speak to us. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me diligently seeks you. When your judgments come upon the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. Isaiah 26, verse 9. Let's just reflect upon that. When your judgments come upon the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. You know, it's a very interesting, you know, there's a passage in the New Testament. I can't recall the uh, chapter and verse citation uh, at present, and I can only really paraphrase it. But it talks about what father, what father, and Jesus referred to to the father, uh, to God as the father, and uh, exemplified that for us, that we might refer refer to the God of all creation, uh, the progenitor of all things, the one who spoke all things into existence, we'll call him Father, which isn't an impersonal, but a very close, personal term of adoration. Um, In fact, uh, I understand from another passage, um, Abba is referred to in Scripture, in Romans, 
And uh, that reference to Abba means Papa dearest, Papa's breath, meaning such a, a personal closeness that you can feel the breath of God on your face. And, you know, when we look at the Holy Spirit, he's referred to as wind in the creation of the world. Uh, and uh, that's a, another reference to breath, you know. Um, his word is inspired. And, uh, you know, um, when he breathes it out, he expiates or breathes out his truth. And you can't deny his truth. And the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness through the word that is spoken by the Lord God of heaven and earth through the words of the Bible. So we can reflect on this. You know, 1 Timothy 3.16 speaks of this too, that the word of God uh, makes us... uh, See, I can't even paraphrase it right now. Let's see. It, but it, it refers to how it prepares us. The Word of God prepares us in righteousness. And it's true. We, we are born into sin, and our every thought and purpose of the heart and deed uh, is, uh, is corrupt, is wicked is immoral. We are born in sin. The scripture says, no one is righteous, no, not one. And we need guidance, we need direction, we need the light of truth, we need the word of God for correction, rebuke, and equipping so that the man of God will be prepared uh, in every act Uh, to be a moral agent of righteousness. It's something that, uh, again, Timothy gets around to saying pretty much about the Word of God and how important it is to us. We'll have to look that up. I don't have it with me in front of me right now. But um, let's go on to this. Let's look at this. This is from Psalm 7, verse 9, and it reads as follows. You are the righteous God who searches hearts and secret thoughts. And in Proverbs 20, 27, it reads as follows. Your lamp, O Lord, searches my spirit. It searches the inward depths of my being. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts and reveal any areas of unconfessed sin that we can acknowledge these to the Lord and thank him for the provision of forgiveness. You know, uh, what is it? uh, Is it John? uh, What is it? 1 John, is it 1 John 9? It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just in forgiving us our sins and faithful to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So it's important just to reflect on uh, 
let's say the last 24 hours. Father, search my heart if there's any unclean way within me. Bring it to my remembrance that I might acknowledge it before you and receive grace upon grace and the cleansing blood of Christ to wash me of all my sins. Oh, hallelujah. And, uh, but you know, it's great that we can be renewed, that we can experience renewal with regard to our former way of life. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, which reads as follows. With regard to my former way of life, may I put off my old, uh, old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of my mind, and may I put on the new self, which was created to, to be like you, O God, in righteousness and true holiness. And that's Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Wow. You know, it's really great to know that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He's just in doing it. Now, sometimes we don't want to let go. We, we lay our sins at the foot of the cross. But we want to, you know, it's funny. Satan will keep throwing them back in your face to heap judgment and condemnation on us. And um, we... Uh, Many times, instead of running to God, we run from him. Because uh, Satan, the accuser, old Slewfoot, he prowls around like a roaring lion, uh, waiting for those he may devour. And how does he do it? He's, he's the condemner of the brethren. Uh, he condemns us, as he did in the book of Job. He condemned Job to, the, to God and said, if you take everything away from him, he'll curse you to his face. And um, so he is the tempter, and he is uh, the accuser of the brethren. So don't let him accuse you. You know, uh, our port at, in every storm, our port, uh, or uh, let's say, uh, of safe haven, is his redeeming grace his steadfast mercies, which are new every day, and his willingness to forgive us our sins and his faithfulness in doing it. And his, he's just in doing it. Don't judge yourself. If God has set you free, you have no business condemning yourself. Um, he who is free is free indeed. And so remember that. When you've given your uh, confession, leave it at the altar, leave it in God's hands, and then stand renewed. Renewed and set on the rock, which is Christ. Uh, let's read this. This is Second Peter, verse 5 through 8, which reads as follows. May I be diligent to add to my faith virtue, and to virtue, virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, 
perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to a godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are mine in increasing measure, they will keep me from being barren and unfruitful in the full knowledge of you, my Lord Jesus Christ. And that's Second Peter, and uh, that's verse 1, 5 through 8, Second Peter, uh, chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. So let's add this to our, you know, our prayers for personal renewal. This should uh, realign our thinking and uh, set our, th- our thoughts on high, where Christ Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father in the heavenlies. So think upon those things which are lovely, those things which are uh, praiseworthy, those things which are seated on the right hand of God the Father, those things that are pure, that are lovely, that are just, that are praiseworthy, and the summation, the sum total of all those thoughts which are pure and lovely and praiseworthy, well, they're reflected through Jesus. Think of this. He sits at the right hand of God the Father. And, uh, you know, the, the summation or the sum total of all these virtues are reflected in Jesus, who sits at the right hand of God the Father in the heavenlies. So think upon those things above, where Christ Jesus is seated on the right hand of God the Father in the heavenlies. <laughs> Hallelujah. And... Uh, Look, we need... Well, let's read this together. This is 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, and it reads as follows. May I discipline myself to godliness, for physical exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for both the present life and the life to come. And that's... a. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. And again, let's pause here to petition God to help us be faithful stewards of our time and talents and possessions and, and our relationships. Let's offer prayers of petition regarding our activities for this day and any special concerns that we might have. Give you a moment just to to reflect on that. And now let's look at Romans thirteen seven, and uh, this is uh, uh, the concept of intercession. And let me read this uh, 13, verse 13 from chapter 13 of Romans, verse 7. May I give to all what they are due. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Custom to whom custom is due. Respect to whom respect and honor to whom honor is due. Indeed. 
Let's take a few moments to intercede on behalf of our local, state, and provincial and national governments. Pray for spiritual revival in the nation and offer prayers regarding current events and concerns. And uh, now let us look at the Proverbs 21, 21, which reads as follows. Those who pursue righteousness and love find life, righteousness, and honor. Wow. And uh, Proverbs 16 through 20, this reads uh, with this, uh, this in mind. Those who heed instruction prosper. And blessed are those who trust in you, O Lord. There we go. And of course, in our prayers, we must always have thanksgiving uh, as a major uh, point of uh, prayer. And uh, we'll read uh, Exodus 20, verse 2 which reads this way. You are the Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And uh, Isaiah 51.10 reads as follows. Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a road so that the redeemed might cross over Let's reflect upon that. Wow. And now Isaiah 54, verse 18, reading as follows. You are the Lord who created the heavens. You are God. You fashioned and made the earth and established it. You did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. You are the Lord, and there is no other. Isaiah 45, verse 18. And our last verse for the day, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 20. You are in your holy temple. You are in your holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before you. Let us reverence you and be sober of mind and heart and reverence you for you are in your holy citadel, your holy temple and let all the earth be silent before you. May we have a moment well like Isaiah had in, in Isaiah chapter 2 where he he says, Woe unto me, for I am undone. I'm a dead man. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. And it's only through that revelation of our total depravity, our wickedness before a holy God, the brokenness that comes of that, that... Uh, well, that's, um, 
That's what happens also in, uh, in was it, book of Ezekiel, says this. He takes our hearts of stone, hearts that are impenitent, impenetrable, hard, stony hearts. He takes our hearts of stone and makes them hearts of flesh, tender to his touch, conformable to his will. He regenerates us. He takes that which we formerly hated, which is his sovereignty and his rule, and he makes us compliant, seeing the value and virtue of following his lead and letting him be Lord over our lives. For we would never know righteousness, but for him, he gives us the light the light of life, Jesus. He gives us the gospel, which turns our hearts of stone to hearts of flesh. The gospel, the word of God, is the power of God onto salvation for those who believe. But for those who do not, it would seem foolishness, but is the power of the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so there it is, the Word of God uh, and the Holy Spirit who illumines us. He is the Spirit of truth who leads us and guides us into all truth. He reveals to us our wickedness. And uh, then in that moment, he regenerates us because we are undone. That means we're a dead man. We're without hope. Well, how? How can we ignore such great a salvation? Because he doesn't leave us without the knowledge of his, redeem, his redeeming grace through his word. He, you know, it is by grace you have been saved through faith and not of works that you might boast, but it is the, uh, the true gift of God. And it is really, it is by God's unmerited favor that uh, he grants us the grace to understand our, our depravity, our wickedness, and our total inability to save ourselves. But then, with the other hand, he displays the Lord Jesus at Calvary, where he, uh, on the cross, he says, Forgive them, Father. Forgive them for they know not what they do. And here he has had his beard plucked out. He has had a crown of thorns mocking him as the king of glory. They give him a crown, but it's a crown of thorns, and they wound his head grievously by putting this crown of thorns on his head. Such utter disdain and disregard for the beauty of the Lord Jesus. And um, this is heartbreaking. And, you know, he endured 39 stripes on his back and uh, it tore and rended his flesh. Uh, and uh, this is the worst uh, capital punishment that's ever been devised by man. And uh, but even though that was just physical torment, physical, 
execution that is beyond words in terms of the horror, um, that would certainly be enough, and he endured that for us. But think of this. Uh, There was a point where the father, who enjoyed sublime uh, fellowship with the Son and the Holy Spirit from time time eternity, time, uh, you know, past, you know, um, uh, until that present, until that moment, um, Jesus says in Aramaic, he says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And here he is enjoying divine fellowship with the Father from eternity past. And in that moment, the Father cannot even look upon sin. So the Father turns his face away. And uh, Jesus then had broken fellowship with the Father. And that's separation from God. And what is hell described as? Separation from God. Eternal separation from God. And so he tasted death that we might have life. Remember, he said he came that we would have life and have it more abundantly and eternal life. And so he tasted death that we might taste life because in that moment when he became sin for us, he then allowed it and made it possible for us to be the righteousness of God in him. So there was a theological divine exchange, if you will, He had broken fellowship with the Father, the the brokenness that we should experience for all eternity, being wicked as we are. But he suffered separation from the Father and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That we might experience divine fellowship with the Father in glory for all eternity in a place where there's no more pain, no more sorrow. His glory lights the heavens. (laughs) You know, you're not going to get any better than that. This is, you know, when you really think of it, why would we, why would we reject the message of the gospel? Because, you know, it's, uh, you know, but I'm saying this on the other side of, you know, uh, my uh, regeneration you know, when I was regenerated, before I was regenerated, I had no val—I no no value uh, for the gospel. I had no concept of the great value it is, uh, and you know, I I really didn't get it. Um, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I couldn't see the light of life. I couldn't see the light of Christ. I was dead to him in my trespasses and sins. But his lamp is, his light is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, hallelujah, because it brings me into fellowship with the Father through the Son. I love that old song. um, How does it go? Um, uh, It's, it's, uh, I'll have to I'll have to bring this up another occasion. I can't remember it right now. But it, it talks about the Father turning his face away. Um, 
It was my sins that laid him there, my sins upon his shoulder. Wow. But that song goes on to sing, uh, La, 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 it was my sin that laid him there. My Let's see, uh, how does that go? I don't remember the lyrics, but it, it, it talks about, um, you know, how the father turns his face away. You know, in the prodigal son, this is very interesting, in the, the story Jesus told of the prodigal son, he talks about uh, the son coming to the end of himself. It's probably symbolic of his moment of regeneration where he saw, look what all my behavior has caused me. Look at the consequences and the results. I'm eating, uh, I'm feeding the pigs and I'm eating their pods. Uh, and, you know, to the Israeli community, there was nothing filthier than a pig, you know. And um, there was nothing filthier than a pig. And to be eating their food, then he finally came to the end of himself and he said, if I would just go back to my father as a hired hand, I could certainly uh, have better food than this. <laughs> but, you know, it said while a long way off, the son started towards the father. And by, but a long way off, the father was always looking in the direction of the son with expectation. Uh, and the son, when he saw the father, he fell upon his neck. And so the father is always looking for the wayward son to return. He never looks away. He looks, he looks for us. We don't even know we're lost. <laughs> we don't even know we're lost in our trespasses and sins. It, uh, it, we wouldn't know but for his illumination, but for his, uh, well, uh, regeneration of our, our hard hearts. And um, so this is all his work. He deserves all the praise, all the glory, and it is a phenomenal thing, this thing we call salvation. But every day we must rejoice in the great work he has done for us. And uh, all we can do is respond. But isn't it wonderful, too, that he gave us a desire to please him? It makes us heartsick. Once you, you've been, let's say, regenerate of the Spirit, um, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit, Ra'uakodesh, uh, our sanctifier, the Lord, our sanctifier, well, it's an ongoing work. And he is called the, uh, the hound of heaven because the Holy Spirit just won't let us go. Uh, and uh, he's always uh, working on us. We're a renovation project and he's always fine-tuning us and conforming us more and more to the image of Christ. And we have a desire that he puts in our hearts to please him. This is great love for us. Uh, is so touching that he would die for me.
I mean, we all think this personally. Take that to heart personally. He died for you. You. And you weren't worthy of it. But he did it from a point of love, this great love. I love the song. There's an old song, old hymn. It says, And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me that caused him pain. For me, for me. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, would die for me? Wow, does that sum up everything we've been talking about? Wow. I try to sing that, but I'm getting a little hoarse. <laughs> it's probably uh, a little post-nasal drip this time of year, you know, that the leaves falling and it's, it's uh, the fall season. And, you know, it's, it's very difficult um, to sing if you've got... Uh, a problem like that, but that that song is, and it's hard to sing that song. You got to be standing, uh, so you can use your diaphragm on that one. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died He for me. Who caused him pain for me, for me? Do, 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 do. I forgot that lyric. <laughs> Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die? Should die for me. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Wow. Well, we've had a glorious time this morning. It's been a great day to worship God and what a great way to start your day. Think and reflect on all his goodness. We used to sing of this song and I used to go to the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Think about his love. Think about his goodness. Think about all he brought us through. And as high as the heavens above. There's no greater love than our Father's love. Great is the measure of our Father's love. Wow. Again, forgive my craggy voice. <laughs> but, you know, we got to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and make melody in our hearts towards the Lord. For this is right, and this is good, and this is, it's so good to enter into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, and it's so good to experience, well, remember that old song? Oh, it's another one. It was great. 
Uh, I think it had more to do with the congregation meeting on Sunday. But, you know, when you meet him in the secret place of the Most High, and you dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, uh, whose mighty pinions no foe can withstand, when you're in that secret place, experiencing the secret desires of your heart, being fulfilled in Christ Jesus, and tasting of the Father's love, it just makes you happy. So even if you're not a perfect singer, and maybe you'll never be on stage singing, you know, he's not listening to your voice. He's listening to your heart. He wants to know that your heart is resonating with his. And uh, he looks at the heart, not at the outward appearance. And uh, so, you know, I say, you know, sing. <laughs> Even if you're not a singer, he's a, he's tone deaf to perfection of the voice. He wants the perfection of the heart. He wants a heart that longs after him. He wants a heart that uh, thirsts after him. Remember one of those first uh, verses we shared? As the deer panteth for the water, though my soul longeth after thee, you, my God, are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. You, O Lord, are my strength, my shield. To you, O Lord, may my spirit yield. You, O Lord, are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. Wow. All right. But this is what he's called us to. This is intimacy. Because he's a personal God. And um, he's called us to a personal relationship. Again, Jesus has told uh, us to refer to God as Father. You know? And uh, Jesus said, look, a master doesn't tell his servants what he is doing. And yet I've told you everything. So I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. So think of this. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He's unsearchable. One would think you can't know him. But what he's called us to is intimacy. Personal intimacy and a relationship born from the love of God, the love above. And... uh you know, he's called us to a, life, a lifestyle of intimacy with him, loving him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might and our strength, and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. And we, we love ourselves pretty darn good, don't we? <laughs> you know, we're pretty good at the self, self, uh, selfish things. But he's trying to transform us into being selfless. So our mission, our purpose, and really the true, uh, let's say, deepest uh, fulfillment can be found in losing yourself in his love 
and then loving others. And in doing that, you find the deepest purposes for your life are satisfied in loving him and loving others. And that's what he's called us to. Hallelujah. We just thank and praise you, Lord. We want to bless your name for this great thing you've done in our lives. You've called us up higher. You've set us on a rock, which is Christ Jesus. And he's unshakable. And Father, thank you that no one will ever snatch us from your hands. No one will ever snatch us from Jesus' hands. And uh, you're a father who is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And we rejoice and praise you for it in Jesus' name. And, uh, well, that's our devotion for today with Brother Bob on the Joy of the Lord podcast. Looking forward to seeing you next uh, on our next occasion, Lord willing. Uh, keep on looking up for his glorious appearing. For we, we uh, seek that day because then the fulfillment of our salvation will be completed. Wow. Well, let's keep on looking up together. Lord willing, we'll be together tomorrow. If not, well, we'll be rejoicing in his presence forevermore. So this is, I uh, hope I've left something with you that'll encourage you. Just pointing to him, pointing to his word. Really, all, all truth can be found there. And uh, we need that illumination that comes from him speaking to us through his word. And uh, what a great thing it does for us because it gives us purpose, direction, hope. We have an undying hope. We have this hope that is anchored in Christ Jesus. And um, it is a hope that uh, is a living hope. <laughs> you know, we live in it every day. And uh, looking forward to that glorious appearing. Because we know we have a foretaste of his plan of redemption in Christ Jesus through the power of the blood of Jesus and through his uh, spirit coming to be imparted into our hearts and the regeneration that comes of the spirit being set apart for him. So we have a foretaste of all that will be ours. Uh, but won't it be great when he returns? Wow, <laughs> you'll have the fulfillment of it. Wow, to live is Christ, to die is to gain. So uh, we'll see you on our next occasion, Lord willing. This is Brother Bob. Goodbye. <laughs>